Greetings and welcome to Fresh Text. Fresh Text is a weekly podcast when a couple pastor scholars dig into the Word of God using a seasonally appropriate scripture passage. We hope that it will be enjoyable and edifying for all, and especially equipping for pastors or teachers who are working on sermons or lessons in the upcoming weeks. I'm your host, John Drury. I teach systematic theology and spiritual formation for Wesley Seminary and Indiana Wesleyan University. My guest this week is Amanda Drury. She is a regular guest on the podcast, a professor at Indiana Wesleyan University of Practical Theology and Youth Ministry, the director of the Imaginarium, and the author of a couple books and lots of articles and a great speaker. And uh, she has uh, come on with a special reference because this is our 100th episode. So when she heard me make reference to episode 100 coming up, she was like, oh, I want to be on that. So uh, by special request, uh, Amanda's here for episode 100. Our text this week is 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. Make sure to subscribe if you're not already so you never miss an episode. And as you're listening, if you enjoy the show, hit the share button on your podcast player app of choice to pass this show along so that others may benefit as well. Thanks for listening. And enjoy this conversation with Amanda. All right, so our text this week is 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. 1 Corinthians 1, 3 through 9. Would you like to read? Yes, sounds good. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way, in all your speaking and in all your knowledge, because our testimony about Christ was confirmed in you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gifts as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will keep you strong to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God, who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, is faithful. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Father, we give you thanks for your word through whom you created all things, and then your word who became flesh in Jesus Christ, the first and final coming of whom we both remember and anticipate in this season. And we ask that your word made flesh would be moving among us by your spirit both Amanda and I and all those who are listening in, that we might be equipped by your Spirit to hear, to see, to obey, to believe, and to carry the Word of God for us today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. 100th episode. 100th episode! (laughs) woo Throwing tea bags. That's my confetti. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I gave it away. Sorry. No, that's a, that, yeah, I threw tea bags. It's the only thing we Sound had. Sound effects. 
PG tips, black tea. Perfect way to celebrate. Yeah, no, 100 episodes. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, you, uh, when you, when you heard the 100th was coming, you were like, yeah, I want to do that one. That's because I like to steal people's glory. Yeah, no, that's good. No, share. <laughs> share. Share. Celebrate. Just I wanted to celebrate to with you. Yeah. <laughs> So what's uh, what's capturing your eye? This is we're switching to <laughs> epistles mm-hmm. after a year of almost exclusively Old Testament narratives, and then the year before that was almost exclusively gospel texts. So we jumped around some, and we'll we'll jump around some this time. So we're turning to epistles. This is the beginning of a new year since it's Advent, uh, the first week of Advent, first Sunday of Advent. First Corinthians one. What's uh, what's capturing your eye? What what interests you here? I was struck by how often the word "you" appears, which I mean makes sense. This is a letter, but let me let me just look through this. You, 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 you. you. I'm gonna count the yous. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine, oh, man, you ten, eleven. How'd you get ten? <laughs> NIV. Oh man, I've got teeth on my Bible, like tea, tea, tea dust. Oh, tea dust. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's some on mine too. <laughs> yeah, because you threw tea <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, if you include the yours, yeah, yeah, upwards of ten, and only you know seven verses. Oh, and I don't think I, I counted verse three. Maybe I did. Grace and peace to you. Yeah, so then that makes me want to play the U's off the hours, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So we've yeah. got one, two, three, four. And notice they're always God, our Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, our Lord, uh, the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it's every single time it's referencing the common uh, Father. Um, or the common Lord, Jesus Christ, right? Or did I miss any? Uh, verse 6, mine says, because our testimony about Christ. I mean, still the same thing in spirit, but I'm curious what yours yeah, says. Yeah, the, the hour isn't there okay. in the ridge. It's uh, just as the testimony or witness of the Messiah was confirmed among you. Hmm. So. Oh, that changes things. Yep. That's a that's a pretty big difference. Yep. All right. Yeah, you can kind of see why I'm a my translation snobbery has has a lot to do with my having cut my teeth on epistles. Okay. You know, where the where the like the a more wooden translation tends to pick up on these more subtle kind of relationships. Right, sure. Whereas like, you know, narratives narratives really benefit from a more dynamic translation. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas the uh, the logic of these long—I mean, this is just one long sentence till about at least till the end of eight. Nah, it's it's yeah, at least to the end of eight. Four verses four through eight is one monster sentence. <laughs> you know, and every you know you can diagram it out, and everything's kind of modifying something else. And so, how does that make it different? In your in your estimation, how does verse six read in the NIV? Because our testimony about Christ was confirmed in you. Yeah. So it's it's our testimony about Christ compared to Christ's testimony. Well, yeah. Well, it wouldn't have to be as extreme as that. Okay. I mean, it's so it's a genitive 
the testimony of Christ can be, sorry, this is geeky, but. You can skip. <laughs> it's the 100th episode. You can, you can get away with more. I have all the, it's just fresh text. I think I'm allowed <laughs> to do it every week, but, but, um, you'll, you'll hear this again, dear listeners. So I guess get used to it, but there's this important distinction between an, it's, it's in English, but you just wouldn't think of it. A subjective versus an objective genitive. So genitive is like of, right? No, you can. That's no, a great no, face. You should do it out loud. <laughs> it's unrelated. It just sounded funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, here's your, the classic example would be the love of God. Do you mean our love for okay. God? That's an okay. objective genitive. He's okay. the object of the verb. Yeah. Or a subjective genitive, the love of God, meaning God's love sure. for us. Okay. Right? Okay. So, and and it's there's occasional times in, in Paul's writings where he's even kind of playing on that ambiguity. Hmm. So, depending on how you take it here. I, I, so, the NIV is not incorrect. This is a dynamic equivalent saying, you know, because of that language of confirmation, it seems to be that, you know, Paul and Silas and Timothy, etc. had brought the testimony about Jesus about would be huh. the, yeah. the meaning there okay. um, to them. And it was confirmed among them. And so by adding the, the preposition hour, it's sort of like a clarifying, they're making a decision, which way to interpret it, you know? Okay. Whereas like a more, like I've got ESV out here right now. They made a decision that it's an objective Genitive, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you. Okay. I kind of leaving, I like leaving it vague with just of, because you can take it either way in English. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 dual, the dual meaning works in English too. It does. But I actually kind of like the thought of, I don't just like it, I think it's true, that Christ himself is the true witness. He's engaging in testimony and we are. Yeah, yeah. And the apostles are his co-workers co-laborers with christ rather than just his replacements and he's just kind of hanging out while we're busy testifying sure sure um, uh the, the testify word in there is that is that the marked family mm-hmm, okay mm-hmm. so you could Absolutely. you could also translate that witness testify witness, witness. testify yep it's the okay. root word for martyrdom yep i'll tell my students that before Stephen was killed for his faith he was a, he was a martyr before he was killed <laughs> that's right that's right yeah, Marturion to Christu. Yeah, the testimony. But it is a past tense, and it's it's a passive, just as or as the testimony was Christ was confirmed among you. I give thanks to my God. This is a prayer. And the just as is just kind of like an almost an aside, verse 6. I'm giving thanks because of the grace that was given to you. That in every way you were enriched in him in all speech and knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, which might already be important for the kind of argument First Corinthians is going to have, where it's like, yeah, you're enriched in speech and knowledge, but not just in, in general, but the speaking and knowing that is grounded on the testimony of the Messiah. Yeah, that, that's, yeah. the, that's the speaking and knowing that's going to matter. I think this is, I mean, I know it's, it's tradition or it's, it's normal to start off a letter this way with that kind of greeting and mm-hmm. almost prayer doxological hymn type stuff. But it is, I think it's striking that these words are coming at the start of first Corinthians because we know what's coming. He's about to, you know, bring it to them, tell them the stuff they're yeah. doing wrong, really come down hard on them. But right beforehand, it's like this pep talk. 
Yeah. The, the, you can do this. You can do this. It's in you. It's been given to you. It's done in you. Yeah. You wonder if, I, I mean, I think of the criticism that's coming, that's forthcoming is the criticism maybe could be understood as you've strayed from a path that was, mm-hmm. you had a good start mm-hmm. and got yeah. off a little. So he's kind of appealing back to the starting point. Almost right? like you're better than this. Which is why I think the NIV is probably spot on to say, well, when we came and testified to you, it was <laughs> your knowledge was perfect. And then it all went to crap when we left. Right? <laughs> so I think in the, in the context of the whole letter, I think there's. Yeah. So back to the or, unless there was something else you're getting ready to say, but back no. to the or, the hour and the you. So there's this okay. plural you. Upwards of 10 times, just right out of the gate here, there were four or so hour, which was the kind of comp, but those are all linked to God or Christ. And then there was one little my in verse four. This is so like epistle study to like, just watch every little word, but uh, what verse? My verse four, I give thanks to my God. Okay. Mine just says, I always thank God. <laughs> Okay, now I'm now I'm just annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> Not with you. You're wonderful. Oh, I'm yeah. read read four again. I always thank God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. I could see why the it is a distraction, the my God, if you're just studying. Like, wait, why isn't it the God or our God? Yeah. But I think it's beautiful. Oh, yeah. Because it's a yeah. personal report of prayer, right? Well, it, it, yeah, it gives this personal. It, you almost feel like you're uh, listening in on on his own private prayer life, mm-hmm. speaking to my God. Yeah, that, that's a that's really cool. <laughs> what are you thinking? You, 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 you. While we're talking about you, bam. Yeah, and that's the transition then in verse ten, right? Right. I appeal to you, brothers, and that's often a, you know. Paracalo, that's a common moment of like, okay, now I'm going to start. <laughs> no offense, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, it's time for for some, uh, yeah, no offense, but. <laughs> for it has been reported to me that there's quarreling among you, right? So we'll yeah, get to the quarreling. Yeah. But that's not, that's not the focus of this opening passage that's been set aside for us today. And it's important, I think, because it's. It's very easy to just race over these introductory words it is. and get into the meat and bones. But actually, there's a lot of meat already, especially in, in, in 7, 8, and 9 that we haven't even gotten into. And the fact that this comes before before the the criticism, you know, it's, it's not just buttering them up. Uh, I, I love that his criticism of them is, is couched in this hopeful language. So let's talk about that hope. Right. It isn't just looking back, although that was the opening lines that we've talked about. Verses four, five, and six kind of look back, right? You've right. been enriched. Grace has been given. You've been enriched in him and all speech and knowing as the testimony was confirmed. So that, so here's the hope pressing forward. You are present tense, not lacking in any gift as you wait for the apocalypse the revelation of our lord jesus messiah who will sustain you to the end guiltless in the day of our lord jesus christ oh i'm getting a sermon idea i think if i were preaching this i might start with the use 
but make it an individual you, which I know there's problems with, but uh, as if I'm speaking to an individual on this, maybe even putting in a name, you know, uh, therefore, John, you don't lack any of the spiritual gifts as you eagerly wait for Lord Jesus Christ. He will keep John strong to the end so that John will be blameless on this day and allow some of the conviction of that to sit like, wait, am I this person? Uh, And then move it into a, more corporate understanding of the you. Hmm. Uh, you problematize this. Wait, this is saying this about me, but this isn't really me. I, I I try to do this. I can't. But and then when you bring it into a more of a corporate corporate you, showing how the collective you is what allows us to to live into this. No, I think that could be good, and it links with a the last line, which goes both backward and forward. Right? God is faithful, which is signaling. So verse nine, God mm-hmm. is faithful, just kind of connected to these, that he's, he will sustain you, right? He's going to keep on being faithful. Um, the God is faithful by whom you were called, past tense again, mm-hmm. into the fellowship, communion, koinonia of his son, Jesus, the Messiah, our Lord. So that notion that when we're called, we're called into community with him and with one another, it's it's interesting how like this language of the fellowship of his son mm-hmm. is so linked to the opening lines of First John, right? That talk this way. Um, they use the word fellowship and the father son language and all that. Although very very Pauline for him to say called, right? So we yeah, think of calling yeah. often as like to some kind of task, but it's not called to the ministry. It's called into fellowship. Whether makes its way into the sermon or not, I think it's just important to highlight here as we attend to to Paul's letters that the that these yous in English are almost always plural right. in Paul's letters. Mm-hmm. And, and that I, could be a good teaching moment yes. there too. Yeah. Because unless you know that, if you're if you are only know this English version and you're reading this by yourself, you're probably going to read it in the in the singular. Yeah. One of the So consider even starting there. And then problematizing it. No, I think and that's then, clever, yeah. I mean, the tricky part is always you don't want people to feel like they can't trust their Bibles, that there's this secret knowledge. But but we're pastors, and our job is to teach and instruct, and this is, I think, one of those times. Yeah, I mean, not to camp on it too much, but I mean, I guess the, the way to avoid the kind of secret knowledge trick is to just keep it simple, as opposed to... Now, that literally means it's just all you have to do is just observe. Yeah, English is kind of funny. We use the word you for because we have a plural you in English. Right, we just right. use the word you. Yeah. So and it just in context, you know, like when I stand up in front of you preaching. Yeah. When I say yeah. you, I mean all yeah. of you. That's good. That's good. Um, I was trying to see if the, the old King James, if, if, the, if you can tell. Nah, it's still singular there. Yeah. I was trying to think, is ye plural? But no, it's just a, ye are enriched by him. <laughs> I think that's just, a, <laughs> it's just the. Uh, y'all. Yeah, that's what I like to say is the y'all, just to kind of, although my, uh, my Hebrew teacher in seminary, maybe I've told you this, that he would say, um, he was from the South and he would say, well, yeah, it's, it's. Now, people will say, you know, you and then y'all for the plural, but actually y'all 
in South is singular. Yeah, yeah. Y'all, you could say to one person. <laughs> was that black? What's that? Who, 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 Cliffs who of Black? That? No, it was Strawn. Okay, Strawn. okay, yeah. And he he's a Duke now, but he was at Emory at the time. So so he was living in the South. Actually, I think he's from California, but he was living in <laughs> he was living in Emory, and and he was at Asbury for a while, you know. So he spent most of his career down south, you know. What do you what do you? I'm just wondering face? if you ever lived more than a week at any place. Well, he's. No, he's just all over the place. <laughs> he was at most of those places for more than a week, okay, I think. It's just, it's just a lot. It's just a lot. That's all I'm saying. Well, no, yeah. Uh, anyway, he would he would say, no, the plural is, the plural is all y'all. <laughs> so it's y'all and all y'all. <laughs> Anywho, fun times, fun times. Well, let's take a quick break and come back and uh, zoom out a little and see where we want to go with this. All right. We're back. Welcome back to Fresh Text. I'm here with Amanda Drury on our 100th episode. And we are looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, verses 3 through 9. So we can uh, continue to to get in the weeds if we want, although there is one particular kind of larger issue that interests me that we haven't spent a lot of time on, which is here in verse 7 and then repeated in verse 8, which I... Imagine is the reason for this selection during Advent, which has a sort of focus on the end times, the coming of Jesus, both past and future. Uh-huh. So there's this reference to the as you wait mm, for the revealing mm, yeah, okay. of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah. And then another reference, the day of mm. our Lord Jesus, the Messiah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I can't help but. Oh, oh, that's you, good. You made that's a good noise. To point so, what's, what's coming to your mind when you hear? Oh, that? I, ju- I just hadn't made that connection. I'm just in awe of your brain. Oh, come on. No, I guess hundredth episode. So compliments, compliments, <laughs> compliments. seem appropriate. Uh, Jeez, as you eagerly, <laughs> eagerly wait for mm-hmm. our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Ooh, I just saw something for the first time. This may not be that interesting, but it's interesting to me. <laughs> so this verb in verse eight, this will be relevant. Yeah, this might be relevant. This will sustain you from verse eight is a variant of the same verb back in six. The testimony that was confirmed among you. Oh, 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 okay. okay. <laughs> oh, man. Testimony confirmed. And what was... Say that again. Say that again. Okay, I'll I'll start it. I'll move forward this time because yeah. I noticed it backwards. But it's so there's just as the testimony of Christ was confirmed among you, and then later in verse eight, Jesus or the Father, depending on how you run the grammar, also will sustain you. To the end. So that word for sustain and the word for, unless I'm going to do a quick check and make sure I'm not making a mistake. Yeah, it's the same verb, hmm. which is weird because those do not sound the same in English to me. Although I guess if you could, sus- I almost want to translate it confirmed both times. Like, uh, okay, re- will- read it that way. Read it that way. So I give thanks to my God always because the grace given to you. In Christ Jesus, that in every way you are enriched in him and all speaking and knowing, 
even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of the Lord Jesus Christ, who will confirm you unto the end, guiltless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called in the fellowship of the Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Mm-hmm. Now, Ken, you could, I'm not, I won't read the whole thing again, but you could, you could run sustain both time, even as the testimony of Christ was sustained among you so that you're not lacking as you wait for the revealing who will sus- who will sustain you they are similar terms you know i mean something is sustained right uh, i was thinking of in the court of law right like objection you know overruled sustained right yeah, so yeah. or confirmed you could say confirmed something's been objected to but it's locked in so they're not totally different words but sorry i just noticed that on the fly it, it intrigued me as to understanding the the range of meaning and what he's up to here yeah yeah no, that's interesting. That's the same word because I think if I read this as confirmed, I have a slightly different understanding than I would if it was sustained. Okay. How so? So, uh, because our testimony about Christ was confirmed in you. I, I read that and think it's uh, God is providing confirmation. You know, th- th- mm-hmm. this is a lot here to ask, but we're going to, he's going to confirm it along the way. Whereas sustained, I, I read that differently. God is going to. Our testimony about Christ was was sustained. I hear that as 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 drawn out. It's it's been held out, preserved. Yeah, they both work. They both fit. It's just interesting. At the very least, it highlights the implicit subject of the verb in verse six. Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed among you, so it's a passive verb. So we don't know who was doing the confirming. Hmm. It's probably, you know, the same God and Lord who is going to sustain slash confirm you yeah. until the end. Again, I'm not objecting. This is a case where I'm not objecting to the translation as much as just, huh, in- interesting yeah, that he's yeah. using the word again. And at least in terms of the the picture that's being painted is, you know, the the, the word of God came, the testimony of the Messiah came to the Corinthians and was confirmed, uh, sustained, established, established as a possible interpret, okay. uh, read. That would work for both. So you're not lacking, and now you're waiting, um, and he will establish you until the end. Hmm. Right? So it's kind of a word of assurance. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, boy. That was just a random observation while I was trying to while I was just glancing at the phrase, the revelation of Jesus Christ, because it's the word apocalypse, which is just cool. I just think it's a cool word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, so here's, here's a random question. This might, yeah. this might not fit and cut it if not. So um, in Acts, we're, I forgot where we were reading in Acts this Sunday, but this past Sunday, but was Paul was in Corinth, right, when he had that vision? Was that correct? Yeah, to stay. To stay. And and stay this for like a year and a half. And this and and the the vision that he has from God isn't telling him to do anything great. You know, it's not go eat this animal or go to the it's it's don't be afraid. It's yeah. meant to encourage him. Um let's glance at it cuz I think I mean, at the very least for narrative preachers like yourself, if you could put a little narrative <laughs> flesh on a on an epistle, that can be really helpful. Yeah. And I need to learn how to do that more often. <laughs> and have been doing so under your influence. Chapter 16? Uh, I think it's 18. Yeah, yeah, okay. 
verse 9, 18, 9. One night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent. For I am with you and no one is going to attack and harm you because I have made many people in this city. So, Because I have many people in this city, excuse mm-hmm. me. So Paul stayed for a year and a half teaching them the word of God. Yeah. Well, that's great. I mean, that's such a natural connection because it's Corinth. So this is... I mean, this is the this is Luke's narration of the the initial establishing of the word. Right. Kind of like establish. I, I do too. I feel, like, I, like that. I feel like you could use it in both sentences. Yeah, then, yeah. Right. Uh huh. He will establish you until. Yep. I think it's worth pointing out that again, you'll, dear listener, you'll hear this one a number of times this year as well. Um, that when Paul says the Lord, it's almost always referring to Christ. Hmm. Um, it's just his language habit, curios, you know, Jesus, Jesus curios. And Luke has a pretty, is pretty similar in that regard. So verse nine, you know, to say the Lord said to Paul one night in a vision, this is, this is Jesus, hmm. right? The hmm. one he, the one who appeared to him yeah. on the road to Damascus, <laughs> right? And I think it's easy for us to <laughs> get out of that habit to think, oh, Lord God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's be more specific here. I think the language is maybe more precise than we imagine. Yeah. So I'm, I'm laughing because, uh, you know, COVID time right now. And so anytime I get a call from Paul, from Sam's school, my first thought is, oh, no, you know, he's been quarantined or this or that. And especially if it's from the school nurse. And she's had to call me a few times. And each time she starts with, hi, Mandy, this is the nurse from RJ Basket. He's everything's totally fine. <laughs> And then she goes on to tell me I'm missing right. a form or something like that. And I almost read that here. I mean, the last time uh, Paul has met Jesus before and was struck yeah. blind. Yeah. I mean, whole life thrown upside down. So I wonder if this is Jesus. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You're <laughs> Don't be, be afraid. Okay. Don't be afraid. Do not be afraid, but go on speaking and do not be silent. Yeah. Stay the year and six months. We do not have that long of a stay prior to this. That's like sort of the first kind of long stay i think and i I don't know why that passage has uh, struck me so much last sunday you know i i I see some of the parallels with uh elijah mount carmel afterwards Mm. when he's saying i'm the only one left and then uh, he's told no actually there are what however many thousand or that haven't bent their knee to Baal. just this reminder that there are i have faithful people here and maybe Paul is reminding them, you are faithful people. Yeah. Side note, he quotes that very passage in Romans chapter 11. Huh. Uh, that there there are more out there than you realize, Paul. Kind of. So that's clearly a recurring theme, I think, in huh. his life is this kind of sort of constant reminder, you know. Thanks, Paul. Uh, well, a constant reminder to himself as well, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, that. He's not the only one. Yeah, I have kept for myself 7,000 who have not bend the knee to Baal. That's bend the knee to Baal. That's Romans 11, verse 4. Hmm. So, yeah, I've been, if I told you the zoom in, zoom out thing, this is just a side note, kind of fresh text meta moment. <laughs> can't remember if I used this language with you yet. I used it with my brother uh, a bit ago, but... Thinking of you, the, the the first segment is like zoom in, just stay at the text right here and see what yeah, we see in yeah. details. And then second segment is zoom out, and then it's just kind of whatever. So if we want to go off on a 
on a, a theological question or historical context or like what we're doing here, we're kind of doing some cross-referencing. Sure. So I think that kind of cross-refing is really what sort of rounds out the interpretation of a text like this, but you yeah, don't want to yeah. jump to it too quick. That's all. Um, so zoom in, zoom out anyway. I like that. So if you hear that again, dear listeners, you, you'll know what I mean by that. Zoom in, zoom out. But so we're kind of zooming out and looking at Romans, looking at Acts. Um, yeah. Anything else about the, the day of the Lord or the apocalypse of mm-hmm. the Lord Jesus that, that might be worth, uh, exploring a little bit? I, I, I for one, am, yeah. Yeah. So I keep coming back to that advent thought. Uh, you know, this is, we're, we're, we're waiting for the Lord Jesus, waiting for the Lord Jesus. And I think you could play with part of verse seven. Uh, Therefore, you don't lack any spiritual gift. It's easy to just kind of read that and pass on or to say, we have everything we need. But, but to read that a, a few different times and each time substituting a different gift in there. Huh. So, um, I don't know. What's, what's a spiritual gift? Well, can I pause before we go any further with that? Sure. And just point out that the NIV is adding the word spiritual. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's not, what, what's wrong? You seem disturbed. Yeah. Um, it's not wrong. It's because it's what charismati means. Okay. Okay. But it's just gift. Okay. I think that helps because then we might not narrow it too much. No, but this is First Corinthians. Gift. He's going to have a lot to say about charismata. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm not, I just wanted to note that before Mm -hmm. we got, went too far or narrow, narrow, just to not narrow our vision. Okay. Sure. Sure. You're not lacking in any gift as you eagerly await. So, what kind of gifts do you imagine that being or referring to? Oh, probably spiritual gifts. (laughs) (laughs) You are the worst. And by the worst, I mean the best. But I mean, it's the same yeah, with the next word, yeah, right? Like, yeah. like as you eagerly await, NIV says yeah. eagerly await. Well, right. it's just the verb wait, right? But there, there are other words for wait, and this wait is a a more anticipatory, yeah. excited wait. Okay. So, I'm not saying your translation sucks. I'm saying your translation is is a dynamic translation. It's trying it's to taking liberties. No, I don't think it's just liberties because they're not randomly guessing. These are scholars saying. In the context of Paul's writings, this is this is kind of what's going on here. Hmm. And so they're expanding slightly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um so I, I, this is not an objection to that word choice. Okay. It's just when we then begin to exegete and if you want I want you to not feel rigidly only sure, sp- sure. only things on the spiritual gift list in chapter yeah, 12 yeah, yeah. are permitted in our discussion now. Yeah. No, no, like I'm sure there are other gifts that are relevant in Paul's mind. I actually just turned to current first Corinthians 12. Uh, 12, one is that that's just gifts as well. Right. Let's find out. What do you have now about spiritual gifts? Sorry, I'm moving slow. This is some great radio. <laughs> Chapter 12, verse one. Right. Regarding then pneumaticon, spiritually energized realities, spir- spiritual stuff, spiritual huh. spiritualizing things, 
brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. I mean, he's going to go on and in verse, by at least verse four, if not before, he's going to talk about charismaton, right? Mm -hmm. So those would be Mm -hmm. gifts or giftings would be slightly more precise because of the ma in there. But, uh, right. I mean, verse four gives it away, right? There are, there's a diversity of giftings, but there is one in the same spirit. Yeah. Right. So, um, but yeah, spiritual gifts is like, I mean, the obvious way to translate that sure. word, but okay, so but the so, word gift isn't there. So, I mean, th- I'm not trying to be a punk. Sorry. I feel like, I feel oh, like no, I'm no, no, no. Uh, this is, this is helpful. This is helpful. Okay. So chapter 12, then if we take part of chapter 12 and insert it over and over again into that verse. Uh-huh. So therefore you do not lack any wisdom mm-hmm. as you eagerly await for God. You do not lack any faith. Uh, you don't lack any miraculous powers. You don't lack any knowledge, any knowledge, any speaking in tongues, any interpretation, any gifts of healing, any prophecy. And and this is what we've been given as we wait for the coming of Jesus Christ. That's good. And it actually is this. It really helps you. Of course, you know. Chapter 12 and 13, when he goes and talk about love, he ends up talking about, we know now, we know in part, we prophesy in part, but then we will know. There, It's all, all of the whole argument of chapter 12 through 15 with all the talk of resurrection at the end. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's kind of framed under, yeah, these gifts are great, but they pass away. Yeah. And what yeah. really matters is, is love. Yeah. Faith, hope, and love with love as the greatest. And as we await. Right, the coming. Yeah. Now we see through a glass darkly. It's like you could basically like preach the whole book of Corinthians (laughs) in this little moment. Yeah, you could. In these opening verses, which then is a reason to spend some time here because it's kind of an overture, like in a symphony, when you play all of the themes. Oh, oh, oh! You, if if you're preaching through the book of Corinthians, you could start off each sermon, each sermon by reading this. This is a problem, but remember, yes. you've been given this. You can That's deal with really this because good. you've been given this gift. I'm going to check because I think the the lectionary, the readings are going to be heavily from 1 Corinthians when we get started. I'm going to check because I don't want to create any false expectation. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this epiphany, we're going to be doing 1 Corinthians Six, seven, eight, nine, nine, and then Second Corinthians, one, two, three, four, <laughs> five, up through Ash Wednesday. So the whole, the whole, the like we're going to be doing a little Corinthian series here this winter. Yeah. So I mean, so talking really about cool point. lawsuits and sexual immorality during Advent season doesn't sound like a natural connection. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but to talk about these gifts we've been given, mm-hmm. you have everything you need. To get through this, you have everything you need to repent. Guiltless on yeah. the day of our Lord Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I love it. It's so cool because I, I can't. Advent always makes me think. Maybe it's because I wrote a sermon series once for Advent where I looked at the different characters who were waiting that we see in Luke yeah, yeah. one and two. But um, this language of waiting for the revelation of the Messiah. It makes me think of Simeon and Anna, hmm. who are referenced that way. I'm actually going to oh, double sure. check okay. the verb, okay. but I think it's 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 called. Uh, let me let me find it real quick. 
Now there was, this is Luke chapter 2, verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And then Anna, coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Hmm. So this theme of waiting is very Adventy, <laughs> as it were. And it just seemed worth uh, waiting for the consolation of Israel yeah. Yeah. and waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. And what what gift do you need while you wait? I almost, oh. I almost hesitate to go there. It's just my own pride here. Well, because Christmas, Advent, presents, gifts. I mean, in some ways, it just seems like a kind of cheesy, obvious connection. Well, I, I think that because a few years ago, I was uh, speaking at some Christmas event. And they had a graphic designer that was uh, pretty much setting the, the tone for the whole evening, doing the art around this, mm-hmm. whatever it was. And so she contacted me ahead of time asking what I was going to preach on. And I told her the Magnificat. And her response, she was so relieved. She said, oh, every time, every year, people want to talk about gifts. And I'm so tired of of drawing, <laughs> pick, drawing presents. Yeah. Um, so th- that's just me on my on my high horse there. But, but there is a connection there. We've got the word gifts here. We've got references to Advent. Um, it, there's You can play with that. Just don't make your graphic artists come up with a bunch of gifts. No, yeah, that's that's the, the tricky part. But at least for languaging, if you want to avoid that problem, you can just note that it's, like I said, you can translate a gifting charisma. Oh, 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 sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. But I've gotten it. <laughs> Interrupt, but <laughs> oh, I like it when you interrupt. The um, worst part is when you just start taking notes. Like maybe, I'm <laughs> no talk. <laughs> so so maybe the angle here is you don't have to shop for these gifts. They've already been given. Mm-hmm. You know, for some people that's the worst part about Christmas. It's uh boy, the materialism or I've gotta, you know, beat the crowds and this and that. Well, good news. This gift has already been given. You already have this gift. You already have this gift. <laughs> You're just getting back at me for interrupting. <laughs> it was a pure accident. <laughs> Leave it in. I don't know. Whatever. No, please. Always. Yeah. What gifting have you already been given mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as you wait Yeah. the day? Yeah. And, and, and you imagine someone almost holding a gift without realizing they have it. Yeah. And they're asking for something. They're pleading for something, not realizing that what they want is actually right there and in their That's exactly the, the problem in the Corinthian yeah. church that Paul's identifying. Yep. You're always trying to get some, you know, super spiritual thing to impress the community, <laughs> right? But the most important gifts have already been given. What gift have you already been given as you wait yeah. For the coming of our Lord. Well, I want to wait for, I want to use his language. Sure. Okay. For the revelation, the revealing revelation of our Lord for the day. Well, that's great. That's a fun question to leave us with. And uh, after break, we'll come back and explore some sermon starters. We're pointing in some directions here, but let's let's see where we can go with it. All right.
And we're back. Welcome back to Fresh Text. You're with my guest, Amanda Drury. And we are looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, excuse me, chapter 1, verse 3 to 9. So let's explore some sermon starters. Where would you go with a text like this? All right. So this is the first week of Advent? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if I'm in the congregation and this is the passage of the sermon, I'm going to be really annoyed (laughs) (laughs) because when it's Christmas time, when it's Advent time, I I want, I want the buildup. I want those stories. So I need to confess that that's a little tricky for me, especially because I think pastors, uh, like, like, um, any type of Adventy text that hints of a baby coming. Like the, the prophecies. Yeah. 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 Those would be the, all the old Testament texts or that. Okay. Um, you know, like it's funny the the lectionary is built around the assumption that there will be lots of services during the Christmas season proper, the twelve days of Christmas. So as you say, you know, Advent slash Christmas, like no Advent and then <laughs> Christmas, right? And so that's always a tricky thing. And I, you know, I'm not a a stickler for uh, following some liturgical rigid paradigm, uh, but. Uh, yeah, Advent kind of has some of its own themes, you know, John the Baptist, prophecy. Waiting, hope. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a lot of those texts that we think of as kind of, oh, preparing for Christmas, you know, like Zechariah and yeah, Magnificat, yeah. all that kind of stuff. All that stuff is is on like Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. Like, <laughs> that's that's kind of what that stuff is saved for historically. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying it should or shouldn't be. It's just a, it's so it presents this challenge because there's this. Because Advent's kind of the end of, like, in the in terms of the liturgical logic, it's kind of the... I know I'm just kind of commenting on why you're mad. I know this isn't very helpful, but, <laughs> like... You're mansplaining Yeah, yeah, I totally did that. Yeah, it's kind of, this is... this is. Uh, that's this okay, is, I'm inviting you to. That's true. and But it's kind of the end of the year and the beginning of the year. Yeah, you yeah. You know, it's the, it's the end of the, the Christ cycle that is the year. That kind of begins with Christmas, passes through Lent, ordinary time, we go through the life of Christ, you know, mm-hmm. and then kind of culminates in the return of Christ. So it's like looking forward to the return of Christ. Yeah. Which for us as Christians is sort of the parallel experience to at least our interpretation of the Jewish people waiting for the first coming of Christ. So there's mm-hmm. this kind of rhyming between the first coming and the second coming of Christ. So Israel looking to the first coming, the church looking forward to the second coming, but it's the mode of waiting is is parallel on okay. both sides yeah, of yeah, that equation. Yeah. And so I think this text is selected along with all the epistle texts over the next couple of weeks because it has these clear eschatology references. You know, the the talk sure. of waiting for the the revelation of Jesus Christ, but I think, but yeah, I it's think, not very Christmas. It's very Adventy, but not very Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think my favorite sermon that I got around this time growing up was a sermon on Herod. It's just it was on Herod, yeah. and I think the title is something like "In the Shadow of the Her- Her- uh, Herodian" or something very uh, flowery like that. Okay. But I remember as a kid just being fascinated by this guy who you know strangles his wife, and it's safer to be his pig than his son, and. I mean, I don't know how edifying that is, but uh, <laughs> but you know, to a sixth grader, that was that was exciting stuff. Anyway, 
Uh, we run into some of the same problems, too, with Easter, where you've got, you know, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, uh, Resurrection, Easter Sunday. And if you're not there at church on those particular days, when do, you, when do you do that? When do you do Monday, Thursday, the Last Supper? Do you do that the Sunday before? Do you follow the... Especially if you've got, got guests coming in. Yeah, that's a good parallel problem because we'll often do the... Try to put the cross on Palm Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Or end up preaching about the cross on Easter Sunday. Oh, that happened yeah. once. Remember that? Oh, I was, yeah. I was so mad. I can't because specific yeah, example. I, oh, or? I am because we, we uh, were we were in a rough time, and we and I remember thinking I cannot wait to just hear a sermon on resurrection. I need that hope. And we walked in there, and it was a sermon on the death of Christ. And it was such a yeah 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 such a buzzkill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so anyway, anyway. No, it's good. It's good general. It just, I mean, again, I hope this this episode can also stand alone. I mean, we right. use the right. We use the lectionary just as a jumping off point, so that I'm not just picking my favorite passages. Yeah. You know, that's kind of the basis. It's nothing special or magical or inspired or canonical mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. the lectionary. So anyone who wants to preach on First Corinthians, this is a great place to start. Yeah, so you yeah. don't have to make the Advent connection. Though you can if you want. Well, and, if and you I have an idea. And, and I will say, if I'm try. a part of a if I'm a part of a liturgical church, I would could also enjoy the pastor coming up and being like, "Look, this is the lectionary text for this week. It seems like it has absolutely nothing to do with Christmas, but it's placed here." Yeah. So let's see if if what it looks like to read this passage through the lens of the coming of Christ. Yes. 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 Then all of a sudden, it's the, it's acknowledging this this fun challenge. It creates an attention. Yeah, yeah. From the beginning. Yeah, I like that. I'm I'm a sucker. for I go with that. Of- I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like hopefully, you know, the text is like there in the bulletin, and you're like, what? Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and I, I, I don't right, like yeah. the arbitrary creativity where you can tell the pastor is just tired of preaching about Christmas uh, this time yeah. of year, and assumes the congregation is when, in fact, we're. We can get the classics, and when we're okay with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think some genuine Advent preaching can be really powerful, especially this theme of waiting. I mean, yeah. man, I don't know about you, but I mean, we're recording this at the end. I usually don't reveal how far <laughs> ahead we're working, but I'm going to say it. So we're recording this like last day of October. Now this will drop the, you know, kind of at the end of November. So we're about a month ahead, but... I'm definitely waiting for 2020 to be over. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm yeah. waiting for something new, something different. Yeah. Um, I've already started listening to Christmas music, which yeah. I mean, that's normal for me anyway. Yeah. But uh, but there's definitely more of a longing for something new, uh, transition, something to pull us out of this. It's been a long and tough year, you know. Yeah. And the fact is, is you know, every year is a long and tough year for somebody. You know, and so I think tapping into that is appropriate in this season. And you already mentioned a, a bit of a sermon idea. Maybe you want to develop that or maybe go in uh, other directions. Okay, okay, wait a minute. So, the giftings that we need while we're waiting. The giftings that we need. Yeah, and I might come back to that in a minute here. Um, but I'm thinking back on this year and things that I've been hearing people say, like there's no – there's no directions for a year like this. There's no normal. There's no no handbook that you follow this time. And, and I'm hearing that a lot in terms of things just feeling out of control. Hmm. And that's true to a certain extent. But to come to a passage like this and say, nevertheless, we have everything that we, we have been given everything that we need. 
Hmm. That there is something here that meets a need of ours during this COVID season that has been preparing us for this. Yeah, and that makes me think, I don't know. So there's these giftings that have been given for this time of waiting. And waiting also implies that we're between something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Something is past and something is still to come, which again has very clear advent potential, right? To say, you know, this is these two establishings that I wanted, that I highlighted, you know, like the testimony about Christ has already been established in us and that's the grace of God being granted. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And there's a promise that he will establish us on that last day when he comes again. But what about this time in between? Yeah. yeah. And, and then they say that for our own personal and corporate lives, you know, we can look back to things that have grounded us. We can look forward to our hopes yeah, it, but what what is it? What is it that's helping us get through uh-huh, uh-huh. this time in between? There's even a little political valence. Not to spend too much time on it, but there is a ten- most political thought has a tendency towards a golden age. Yeah, it's either in the past or in the future. It's either yeah, let's get yeah. back to an original vision of the founders or what have you, right? Mm-hmm. Or let's progress, right? Let's conserve that or build let's, on what. Mm-hmm. Let's progress to the golden age is in the future. Yeah. We're almost there. We're not there yet, but someday we'll be there. I have a dream looking forward. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's elements of truth in, in both. And there might be ways to, to, to gesture at that without camping on it too long, but to say, okay, but what about right now? Yeah. What does it look like when we're waiting? Um, okay. I might, I might hate this idea. Uh, I might might too. (laughs) We might call in the metaphor police. Um, (laughs) wish i had the tea bags i'd throw those again oh, um <laughs> but just the parallels between covid and advent that all year long we have been waiting for some kind of vaccine mm-hmm, something mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. going to come and save us that's going to magically make everything okay again and we're looking for signs you know, we're, we're, we're reading articles, we're getting hints of maybe it's coming here, maybe it's coming there. Nope, that wasn't it. Oh, that was a false one. Even when it comes, is it going to be for everybody? Hmm. And I don't, I don't know that I've experienced that kind of longing before. This, this waiting for something that really feels like it's out of our control. Hmm. Waiting for a solution, waiting for the revelation. Yeah. The deliverance. The unveiling. Yeah. Yeah. The day. And we're listening to the scientists, hopefully, yeah. uh, you know, hearing the signs that they're seeing. and Yeah, some is coming and the clues, the hints, checking the news every day. Yeah. Huh. Oh, I, I, I imagine. There's a way to play on that. I mean, there's a cheesy way to do that. And then there's a. So there's like cheesy and then like one step better would be clever. <laughs> and then one step better would be like actually connecting a way that would really land, yeah, yeah. you know? And I don't know about you talking about the metaphor police. Like I definitely have completely worked out some topical relevant illustration, like completely worked it out, spent a whole week on it and dumped it at the last minute. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and did kind of a trashy intro that wasn't very good. And I was glad I did because it was too cute. It was yeah, too distracting. Yeah. yeah. It's all that anyone would remember. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's this, I'm saying, that's a judgment call. A big part of preaching is is 
is it's the Anne Lamott rule, right? Kill your babies, right? You just have to be willing to, you love everything you've written, but you have to just be willing to drop it the moment you realize it's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that's one that I would have to work on. Yep. And if it works, awesome. And, you know, have the guts to drop it if it's just off, you know. We should count how many churches we find that have a sermon series of Christmas during COVID. <laughs> or Christmas in the shadow of yeah, right, right, COVID-19. Right, right. Yeah. Just because it's alliterative, so Christians uh-huh. are going to yeah. like it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Alliteration and forced relevance. That's what we're really good at. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially if a pastor is bored with the text. It's, I mean, this is a, com- right. this is a completely, I shouldn't say bored. This is a completely different lens to look at Christmas. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm a terrible preacher. You are not. But, well, I, let me rephrase. This hundredth episode. I'm great. Right? <laughs> I'm a do, I'm a do as I say, not as I do preacher, right? Like it's, okay. I'm hard okay. to imitate. Okay, okay. <laughs> like, like I I could imagine like a college student like imitating you and it being like good, like oh that that's gonna work. Like they can do like a <laughs> you know like a a junior version of Amandy's preaching is gonna still be pretty great, you know. Whereas like junior version of my preaching is gonna just gonna be terrible because I'm just gonna go through like I don't know like each verse. <laughs> like that's how I would <laughs> preach this text. Verse three and <laughs> talk about it. Verse four and talk about it. You know, I mean, there would be a theme. I would have verse a, five a. Yeah, no, but I would have like some theme, some hook. Yeah, yeah. That I would open up with. Yeah, and I'd keep coming back to. Mm-hmm. But then it would be pretty much just expositional and like the da- the Daisy sermons, where where you've got that oh, one that? that one thought that one line that you come back to that's kind of the center and and you keep looping around back oh, daisy, to every, I see. everything like is the coming image back. of a daisy. Yeah. I, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was think I think I was thinking dandelion like you blow on it it just goes everywhere. <laughs> or he loves me. It's a good sermon. It's not That's a good sermon. sermon. <laughs> it's a good sermon. I love it. Oh, I see the image of a daisy kind yeah. of going in back to that center. So to me what I would need to find if I was preaching this text was what's that hook that I would want right. to link that to mm-hmm. and then just exp- exposit it because Paul's a very sort of like thematic and logical writer. And so if you just follow the beats, the the hearers are going to encounter the text for themselves. Uh-huh. And you're going to be able to make all the things. You're going to be able to say all the stuff you want to say. And you'll, you know, if, if a, a COVID connection comes up, you make it. If a Christmas connection comes up, you make it. And you just kind of do that as you go. That's at least how I preach, mm-hmm. as you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I would need that. What's the hook? And I, I haven't found the hook yet. That's where I'm stuck. Well, so s- what's your hook? And I see if it, it would be my hook too. My hook. I, th- I think you wrote it down. Actually, I said something earlier about the, the question gift in the. What was it? Yeah. What 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 gift or what gifting have you already been given? As you wait for the day of the Lord or something like that. Yeah. It's a good question. I need a. I I I, I need a. I I always need a claim. I need a thesis. Do you know what I mean? You Does know, that make sense? Yeah, That's just yeah. me. I'm not saying you need it. You you often use a question as a kind of central hook. But yeah. then you have a narrative arc to your sermons. I usually don't. And so, like, <laughs> I need a hook to kind of bring – give it clarity. Okay. Okay. So so this is reminding me I, – I preached a sermon and used this as an illustration once before. But there is – I forgot how many – like a billion dollars of unclaimed money in the United States – Huh. Money that's been left to people in um, 
uh, in, in wills uh, wow. that just hasn't been claimed. And there's actually a website. There's a government website that you can put your name in and see if there's any money coming your way. I, I preached this once and actually someone in the congregation did it and they had like $80 come. Like, it was something funny like wow. that. But, but it's, it's just this crazy thought that there is money out there just waiting for you to claim it. That there, and, and I, the parallel here, there are these gifts that have already mm-hmm. been given. You don't even have to ask for them. It's just some, something to receive. You're not applying for them. You're not pleading for them. It's enriched, established, not lacking any. Ooh, I like that. I like that. I do claim a 10% finder's fee if anyone listening finds yeah. you have money. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, sure, you can claim it. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think. Name it, claim it. I don't think it'll work out, but. And that the these okay, God who has called you into fellowship with His Son Jesus. So these gifts are meant to be lived out in fellowship. Now I've got okay. No, it's okay. I just kind of had a title idea. It's not, oh, what's it's that? Not a, it's not a thesis yet. Okay. It was the gift of waiting. Hmm. Partially because it's jarring mm-hmm. and it's playing on and of like is it the gift that you you know is it the waiting's a gift well yes and no is is there gifts while we wait hmm. yes right yeah yeah um or even better gift in waiting hmm. so then which at first glance sounds like the gift is in waiting you're waiting for it but actually, no, it's a gift that you already have while you wait. Yeah. And I think jumping ahead to 1 Corinthians 12 is not a terrible idea to plug in some of those giftings. I, I think that was a powerful move. Um, well, and, and then also plugging in names, like uh-huh, you said, to uh-huh, do. Uh-huh. And actually, that could be a very nice sort of applicational, encouraging moment at the end of a pretty expositional text. So sure. you kind of exposit the text verse by verse, as it were, so that the beats are clear. So that then when you go back through it, people have kind of been exposed to the text and now you're just kind of like plugging. Yeah. Yeah. Um, plugging the person in. That would actually be good to just write out in advance. Yeah. You know? So I, I just flip, flip back to the 12th chapter and I'm coming to that verse in chapter 11, verse 11. All these are the work of one in the same spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. Mm-hmm. Now, now there it sounds like it doesn't sound like you're getting all the gifts. It's it's here's the mm-hmm. gift that you need, and which fits though. Yeah, which fit, which fits this. It's the y'all, plural. Y'all have been given yes. the gifts, not yes. each of you have been given every gift. No. Yeah, yeah, and that there's Between something about that you, fellowship. You you yes, mm-hmm. you got it. But yeah, these aren't gifts that you use in solitude. I mean, this could be a time of encouraging one another and calling out the gifts that you see in the people uh-huh. that you love. Yeah. So for me to say, you know, John, you do not lack. I, I could have said any of those things. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, oh, what does that gift John have? <laughs> oh, Amanda, you are not, you are not lacking in any gift of a word of wisdom. Yeah, I see. What I you was going to say wisdom for you. That's so like the sweet. gift in the magi. Oh, jeez. <laughs> As you wait. As you wait. For the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. That word eagerly is sticking out to me right now. As you eagerly wait. What's what mm-hmm. what do you have in the Greek there? It's 
Apectogomenus. So the I mean, it's the word for waiting, but it's this there are other words. And it's this kind of uh it's a waiting that's leaning in, as it were, you know, hmm. looking for. I think it could even be translated as looking toward. Hmm. Um watch keeping watch, as it were. I'd have to do more deep study on it, but I mean hmm. it's definitely has a a punch to it. So it's that punch that is uh, being brought out by that adjective. Hmm. That's just one word in the original. Okay. Eagerly waiting. But that's just one word. Um, so sometimes, you know, a dynamic equivalence translation, like the NIV is going to drop in an adverb to, yeah, to yeah. bring it out. Um, no, no, no. It's not just twiddling the thumbs, getting our, distracting ourselves while we wait. It's, Looking forward to, mm-hmm. like you ask, what are you looking forward to? Oh my gosh, that's like that's how you. That's the sermon that for me, my heart just hmm. lifted for a moment when I said that thought of that because that's a question you ask. Yeah, yeah. Me, as a kid, you'll you'll ask um, my folks. You ask all kinds of people. I'm sure that I don't know. You know, what are you looking forward to? Sometimes today or this week. Right. And it's a great, it's one of these ways that you help cheer me up because I get caught up in just the tasks and the things I'm not looking forward to. Well, and there's the sense of this hope, the, the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Now, what now, are you looking forward to? But I mean, that's a question you could ask. I, I could see myself walking out or stepping into a pulpit or walking out on a platform and just saying, what are you looking forward to? What are you looking forward to? And sharing about how that's a question that my wife asks a lot mm-hmm. and it helps you know to list sometimes the things we're looking forward to and and then you can start to make transition to you know obviously you know we're looking that's how you make the connection you know and we're looking forward to a to a vaccine <laughs> we're looking forward to things changing we're looking forward to christmas we're looking forward to a new year um but most you know above all else we're looking forward to the mm-hmm. revelation of mm-hmm. uh lord jesus messiah the day of his coming that's the thing we are looking forward to most of all. Yeah. And then you make the transition to the gifts. I, I, I lost it. I don't know how to make that connection, but that's, that's at least the beginnings of a, of a sermon idea. Yeah. Yeah. Cause this was really all about that. That's, that's at the heart of this path. Everything turns on that participle while you are, while waiting, while looking toward, hmm. while anticipating, eagerly expecting. You know, and you could do a, you know, as prep, if you, if, if, if our, any of our listeners ran with that as a sermon idea, as a sort of jumping off point, uh-huh. you know, you might want to do a deep dive word study into, into that word in verse seven there. Sure. Sure. Um, just hop on Bible hub and find the word there and take a look at all its uses in the new Testament. It's used a ton. It's a major term huh. in the new Testament. It's very frequently used. And I don't know. That's, a, that's, that's sort of the beginnings mm. of an idea for me. Okay. Okay. Yep, I see that. I You're see going that. elsewhere, and that's fine. No, 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 no. I was trying to think of what I might add to that. I was thinking more how to link that up with your idea. Yeah. With the, with the, the gifting. Gifts. Yeah. What are you waiting for? You have everything you need. Well, uh, and actually, that would be the, the game I could play, as I say. And then there's the question I always ask in our family, which is, what are you thankful for? I'm the looking back guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm the looking back guy. And you're the looking forward guy, right? Isn't that totally our mm-hmm. dynamic mm-hmm. as a couple? And 
this passage has both of those perspectives in it. Yeah, it does. There, it, he, does. it all starts in verse four with, I give thanks for all the things God's already done. He's already established you. Right? So that could be the twist yeah. is to say, is to introduce the, what are you, what are you thankful for? Hmm. Um, so there's, so we're always linking back to the gifts that have already been given uh-huh, uh-huh. and looking forward in hope. Yeah, yeah. And you could do one of those, and you got to be careful with this in sermons, but you could do one of those. Some of you might need to learn uh-huh. to look forward to. Others might need uh, to learn how to look back. Right. And right. give thanks. You know? Yeah. Not that you never look back, right? But you know oh, what I, I mean. know what I'm you just mean. talking I about. Yeah. Um, I need to be constantly reminded to have something to look forward to because I <laughs> don't. I just don't do that by habit. I usually am just looking back either. <laughs> With gratitude at best, but often with regret or, you know, just beating myself up, yeah, looking yeah. back, you know. And I look forward to the mail coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like planning, like, <laughs> you know, a, a trip to Disney or whatever, you yeah. know. But also a lot of anxiety that comes with that. Like, sure. Plan, you know, like, like checking the news every you know, 30 <laughs> minutes for what, what's coming, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's an idea. I don't know. I think we're about out of time. But you, you look like you're on the cusp of something. I, so let me, I don't let me, cut let, you me off. let me read it one more time. Great. And I'll either end with an amen or uh, a new thought. Go for it. Okay. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way in all your speaking, and in all your knowledge, because our testimony about Christ was confirmed in you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for the Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will keep you strong to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God, who has called you into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, is faithful. I love that part in verses five and six. In him, you've been enriched in every way and all your speaking, your knowledge, because our testimony about Christ was confirmed in you. Almost as if your, your life, your words and your actions are a confirmation of, of the gospel. You're, you're the explan- ex- exclamation point. Um, hmm. uh, well, witness, we're the, we're the testimony. We're walking testimonies to this. Yeah, I'm, 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 fascinated at that thought of of us being charged as imperfect witnesses but witnesses nonetheless yes well that's good and i mean that can be a that can even be an explanation exclamation point uh to a sermon uh you know after looking forward and giving thanks what was the point of all of that you know well that's the ongoing witness yeah, of the Christian, yeah, right? That's, yeah, that's yeah. the there point. There you go. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, because that is the point. It's it's pointing to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, that's that the sum total John of the, the Baptist Christian life. picture. Yep. Pointing up. Yeah. Yeah, which brings us back to Advent, right? Oh. John the Baptist, yeah. Who's kind of the central character in a way of Advent, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's great. Thanks okay. so much, Mandy. Sure. Um, thanks uh, for spending an hour studying the Word. Maybe a little more. I think we went a little over, which is great. We used to go way under. I talk quick. <laughs> <laughs>
100th episode. 100th episode. Yeah, thanks uh, to all our listeners, of course. Thanks to Todd and Eric for their production work. Can't imagine doing this without them. Thanks to Tom for donating the theme music. And uh, we say to y'all, have a good preach and a great week. Your introduction for this should be 100 words. Exactly. Exactly 100 words. words. That sounds like work. Uh-huh. <laughs> Bye-bye. If you were really dedicated. <laughs> Let me try that again. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>